like to welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth pod. The guy, Coach Bray Cook, we're waiting on our, the mouth, Brent Bender. He's been Coach on mouth. assignment. He's on his way in. We've got a, a great guest coming in today. Uh, our BSN sports guest of the, uh, of the, of the week is uh, uh, Billy Elmore. He's going in the Hall of Fame come this, this Friday on the 14th. And uh, what an unbelievable career. I mean, you talk about a guy that won two state championships at two different schools, uh, been successful wherever he's been, going in the Hall of Fame. There's a great group going in. Dave King from from Batesville's going in uh, to the Hall of Fame this weekend. Uh, Kerry Crowder, a, a great basketball coach at, at uh, Bryant and Cabot's going in. But our feature is Bill Elmore. Mm-hmm. And you, you've been around Coach Elmore. Of course, he's out of coaching now, but as athletic director at West Memphis. But what's your take? What are you looking forward to hearing from Bill? Well, you know, my thing is, you know, he's had success everywhere he's been, like you said. And and for me to be able to sit down and, and just talk to him, and I'll be over here taking notes. So so if you see me scribbling over here, it's because it's cause he's dropped some knowledge. Well, he will be. He's you know He's got a lot of experience. He's been in winning programs as assistant and as a head coach. Let's go ahead and bring him on now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the mouth should be walking in any time. We'll get ready to bring him on. All right. Has it sunk in that, you know, because we all grew up looking at those Hall of Famers going in and worked with them. You worked with Frank McClellan, one of the probably greatest coaches ever coached in Arkansas. What what was your feeling? Uh, you know, honestly, it what an I mean, the honor, I think the biggest thing is that it's your peers that vote on it. You know, it's not uh it's not people that don't understand coaching and 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 I guess in particular football it, that to me that's the biggest honor of it but to be real honest with you I was, I was surprised when they called um uh, you know I mean I, I knew I was on the ballot and stuff like that but you then you sit back and you think well I really don't I mean I'm in the same classes I mean this has to make sense I I think Frank McClellan, I think you're right. I think he's probably the greatest football coach that's ever walked on this planet, in my opinion. Now, to think that you're going to have a picture next to his in, in, on a wall somewhere, uh, you really – boy, you want to talk about a humbling experience. I mean, uh, and then you go to the AAA and you, you see the, the list of coaches that are there and that are on that, and I don't know, it, it, like you don't feel worthy. You know, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and uh, you know, I know it's something that, that that I'm proud of. I know it's something that my wife and daughters are proud of. And I, I just know it's something that uh, you – I don't know. It, it's hard to describe. I don't know that it's sunk in yet. You know, you go to the AAA and you do your video and uh, you do all those things. But I, I don't know that it's going to 100%, you know, really sink in until probably July 14th when you're there. And, and, and you do go in with those guys. And again, it's just one of those things you just, I don't know that you ever feel worthy for something like that. Well, then this episode will drop July 14th day of your, your hall of fame. Well, let's go back and let's talk about, you know, I did our notes, you know, like we do for every show, talk to the guys a little bit and, uh, you know, your career's 
just kind of works your way up. You know, you grew up and talk about growing up in Mansfield and people don't know this. You know, you're a great baseball coach too. You played baseball at Arkansas Tech. Talk about your experience growing up in a small town in Mansfield, then going on to Arkansas Tech, playing, being a baseball player, and then obviously going to Barton and how you got into football a little bit. But, you know, you're a college baseball player. Most guys kind of do both. You know, you're probably just looking to coach. Talk to us about growing up in Mansfield and your Arkansas Tech days. Well, you called it a small community. I mean, it's a Mansfield Metroplex. I mean, just be honest. You, 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 get, you got the Huntington area. You got uh, Witcherville. I know everybody knows those. They drive through them all the time. But uh, I actually grew up – I grew up 12 miles from Boonville and 13 miles from Mansfield. So, to say we were out in the country, we, we, we were out in the country. And I, I know in some other stuff we've talked about, Ricky May was one of our neighbors, you know, the head coach at Charleston. So, uh, we would – you know, we before we were old enough to really go anywhere and do anything, we might – you know, ride a bicycle to each other's house. We've been a lot of wiffle ball games, a lot of golf courses made out of, you know, it was really his grandmother's yard and then our yard. We'd, we'd make golf, you know, I mean, just something to do. That that was before my grandpa figured out that I was old enough to work and I, I could reach the pedals of a tractor and started, uh, he, he bailed hay for the public, him and my uncle. And uh, so I spent every summer from the time I could reach a, the pedals you know, we'd bale the hay. And back then, people would square bale some hay. So, you know, you'd I'd rake it up. My uncle would be coming behind baling it. And then I'd get to haul a lot of it, you know, after that. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's that's probably where maybe a work ethic started. I appreciate that time now. I didn't appreciate it so much then. I mean, to be honest with you, there were parts of it I hated. Because you know how many times in my life I've heard, hey, that hay doesn't care that it's the 4th of July and all your friends are going to the lake. Uh, it's got to be bailed before it rains. And now with that being said, I never missed a baseball or a football practice because of working for my grandpa. That was, um, you know, that was just an understood. You know, I'd be on the tractor. If I had baseball practice, I'd have a motorcycle or something that I might have to go to practice on. And, you know, you could drive those when you were younger and back roads. Y'all know how that goes. But, um, you know, I, 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 whatever time I needed to leave, if I needed to leave at four o'clock to be at the baseball field, that's what, that's what time I left. And it was never a discussion. It was never a, uh, my grandpa, you know, he, when he was younger, uh, he, you probably heard of a guy he played against in Barbara Lucas community. I don't know if you ever heard the name Desi Dean, but, uh, you know, he would, uh, so it, it sports is really really our, our entire family. Well, talk to me about graduating from Mansfield. You yeah. Know, well, played a lot of sports there. Then going on to Arsenal Tech and, and, and playing baseball. I was, yeah, yeah, I was a better baseball player, to be honest with you. I played football. Uh, you know, I know I don't look like it now, but I play, actually played running back in high school. Uh, I look more like an offensive tackle now, but, uh, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, Bray, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was just, I was a better baseball player. And, and so, you know, I, I played football, played basketball, you know how it is. You're in a small town, you play everything. You went from one sport to the next. And, uh, I actually got a lot of letters, you know, back at the time I was recruited, you know, uh, big time and, you know, all this stuff, I was not recruited. They, they, they sent, they, stuck a stamp on some letters some colleges did about football. Uh, I remember I called Sporty Carpenter one day. I was, it was, I was going into my senior year and I was getting these letters and the letters ended up coming 
like, hey, when you're here, make sure you do this, like, like as if I was coming reporting for camp, you know. And so I call him, uh, not knowing what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And I, I call him and I was like, Coach, I, I appreciate all this and the offer, uh, but uh, I'm 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 going to be a senior this year. And his exact words, he, I know these damn things are auto generated, and and uh, you know, so uh, he said, just throw it away and we'll see you next year. I said, yes, sir. So that. That was my experience of dealing with Sporty Carpenter, the legend. But uh, uh, anyway, ended up going to Arkansas Tech, playing baseball for Dale Harper. No, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Uh, just uh, uh, made some of my lifelong friends there. Uh, got some some school paid for. Y'all know how baseball is. Nobody gets all of your school paid for, really, uh, for baseball. But got some school paid for. Uh, but I think the the big thing is is even – even like the guys on our baseball team, like, you know how it is. You get to practice early and you're messing around or whatever. The football would always break out. We'd have a football game going in the outfield. I mean, I think I think then, I think pretty much everybody almost on our college baseball team were high school football players. And it was just what you did. And, you know, instead of sitting around talking about what our batting average was in high school, we didn't really care about that. But now, if you scored some touchdowns against your rival on a Friday night, now you were home. You were a little bit of an Al Bundy, you know. Hey, four touchdowns, poke high, and uh, that was a that was a big deal. And we would all talk about it. We would, you know, in the fall, we'd pick out a, a football game and we'd go watch it, uh, you know, on Friday nights and stuff like that. So one of the best jobs, one of the best jobs you could have. A lot, a lot of us were on work study, and uh, one of the best jobs you could have was ball boy at the tech football games. Like they would have us be the ball boys. So there were like four of us, uh, you know, that would, it would rotate. You either selling programs, which that job stunk, or you could, you could work as a ball boy on the sidelines and everybody would fight over who would get to be the ball boys. And, uh, you know, it, I, we've probably stolen more playbooks. Uh, me and John Collins, uh, who ended up being my my superintendent and my boss, you know, we would go in the old Stroop building at Tech, and we may or may not have had, you know, the copier burn up a little bit because we we were going and copying football playbooks that we could get our hands on. I remember one of them was a Tommy Tuberville defensive 4-3 playbook. Um and, and it was it was all bootleg. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, the copyright laws and everything. We were copying it, and I had more folders. And But that's what we did. We, I mean, I love baseball, but I knew I wanted to coach football. You know, I mean, I, I knew that's that's what I wanted to do, and I really wanted to coach football and baseball. But, uh, you know, that was, kind of, that was kind of the path. And, you know, it's just that's kind of how things worked out. Well, and you go in and – for our audience that's younger doesn't, doesn't understand who Frank McClellan is. Frank McClellan was a head coach at Barton, won 64 games in a row. I mean, numerous state championships. Uh, he's all-time leading winner in the state of Arkansas. Nobody's ever going to touch it. Uh, not in my lifetime, at least. And and he's just a legend. And your first job, you're going in as the defense coordinator for Frank McClellan. Number one, how intimidating was that? Number two, how scared were you? And number three, what an opportunity. No, I was I was so stupid. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you think you've got it figured out. Y'all, you guys know, y'all, y'all been there. You're coming out of college. You've got it all figured out, man. You you are gonna go set the world on fire. 
you played Tecmo Bowl, you know how to call plays, you know how to call defenses. <laughs> and then you get there and you don't you you're so dumb that first year or two, you're just trying to figure out how to keep your head above water. And now with Coach McClellan, uh, he I was actually his O-line, D-line coach. So that might have been a worse job, you know, because now you're going in running the wing tee, and it's unlike any wing tee you've ever seen. The big numbers were in the middle. So, like, the, the, the right side A gap was the eight hole. So go figure – anyway, so – so I go in and Coach McClellan, he he uh, uh, he he hires me. And what I did is I picked out places to send resumes. I I sent probably being a kind of a Western Arkansas guy. I sent probably you draw a line from Fort Smith to Little Rock, and then from Little Rock North. I probably up in that upper fourth. I probably sent resumes out to every school, you know. And then I spot picked some schools. Well, of course, I sent one to Barton. And when Don Campbell had offered me a job at the junior high. And so it was Memorial weekend and my wife and I were going to win to check it out and everything. And we did that. Well, coach McClellan called me, we go down and interview. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I knew about Barton, you know, but again, I, I'm so dumb. I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm probably thinking I'm going to go revolutionize Barton football, you know, or something just, you know, how you are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting there, I think the biggest thing was, People don't understand how the man, I mean, he worked. He worked. God, when I say worked, it it didn't matter if we were going fishing. It didn't matter. To put it this way, he didn't want to set back the grass on the football field. So I got a five-gallon bucket and a knife handed to me. And we would go out and we would cut the grass, the, the, the weeds. We would cut them out of the football field, you know, <laughs> there's so many young coaches now that have never lined the field. They have no idea what you're talking about. When you start talking about lining the field, I was given a knife and a five gallon bucket and, you know, at least he, at least he let us do it in the mornings, you know, so we didn't have to sit out there at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, cutting grass out of the field, but the guy was just monotonous. It was, it was the way he was going to do things, the long practices, and I'll never forget it. I talked him into because we, you know, we're the numbers. I mean, we didn't have great numbers because our kids, my gosh, would practice four and a half hours. I mean, and that's not an exaggeration. Four and a half, five hours, it, it, literally. It, you know, it, Bill, and you're right. I mean, his practices, and and I, my roommate in All Star game was Jerome Davis that played there back in '92, and I always heard about his practices, and he he get talk about you know the playoff time. He said. He was going to turn those lights on. It, I mean, I mean, it, they were out there. He said, "Just being in the middle of practice started over because it wasn't going right." You know, it, you'd have to. People don't believe it when you tell, but it's it's the truth. You ask somebody that played at Barton, you ask somebody that coached at Barton, because he could not wrap his head around not being one hundred percent totally prepared. That was. You know, and he'd always say he's his he always approached it this way. And I tried to take a lot of things from him, but this is one of them. You know, you you tell yourself as a coach, they've got better coaches and they've got better players than we do. Everybody you play, it doesn't matter who you play. You know, you could be playing the worst team in your league, but in your mind, you have to wrap around they're better coaches and they're better players, but we can outwork them. We can figure out something that gives us an advantage. And it wouldn't matter we would be playing somebody and he'd pop in a film and I'd start on Sunday. And I, I, in my mind, within five minutes, you know, y'all been there, 
I'm sitting there going, it's going to be 50 to nothing by halftime and there's nothing they can do to stop it. And, you know, you, you've watched enough film. You, 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 you know, this is in my first and second year and I've got this figured out we're Barton and you're not. And so we're going to win the game. It's just a matter of how bad by Wednesday, the man would have you literally convinced you'd be lucky if you could beat them. I mean, like if that fullback breaks out of there, we don't have anybody that can tackle him. And and in your mind, you remember back on Sunday and you thought everybody on our team's a better football player than that fullback. But by Wednesday, that guy turned into Herschel Walker. And and so then you go into the game on Friday and you're a nervous wreck. And literally at the end of the first quarter, it's 33 to nothing. And you're going, I knew this on Sunday and we've spent 80 hours working on this game and I knew dang good and well we were going to beat them unmercifully. And, you know, that's one thing. He, he he would pull the dogs off, I mean, to the point, to a fault almost sometimes. But, uh, you know, he always, he was, even a rivalry game. I mean, we, we would have somebody down and uh, he would he would pull them out, you know, and, and stuff like that. So I wouldn't trade that time for anything. Uh and I've said it before, I've had great parents growing up. I've still got great parents. They're both they're both still active. I'll see them, you know, all the time. They'll be at the Hall of Fame thing. But, you know, it, I always counted him like a father in Western or in Eastern Arkansas, you know, because my wife and I had just gotten married. Uh, we lived in an apartment in Fort Smith. I worked at Davis Hiring and Metal in Fort Smith for about six months and got hired at a uh at Barton and so now we're I'm moving a young wife four and a half hours away from her mom and dad and uh it was a really it was a really good time it, it was good for us and it, it was it was it was good for us professionally as well well and, and talk about your wife Sue I, you know we're good friends obviously and we're getting to talk to me about and you got three girls yeah you know having them on the way and all the moves that you made having to sit down and I've talked to, you know, Buck James about that. And I've talked to Jeff Conway about that. Your perspective with three girls and, you know, having them on the way and Sue, uh, who's very dedicated to your career and, you know, they're a big part of you going into the hall of fame also. No question. Talk to me about your family and, and, you know, just the moves and the journey you've had with them. You know, that, to be honest with you, that's one of the things I'm most excited about is is for them. Uh, you know, Sue, uh, the three girls, we uh, got a son, Shelby, that didn't grow up with us in the coaching part of it. But uh, one of the biggest parts uh, of my excitement over it is is their excitement, you know, because it was a team effort. You you know, you can't move a family. And, and I, I really never thought of me as being one of those guys that moved very much. I guess I ultimately did, but really it was almost like it was, you know, you felt like you were moving to a little bit better job, you know, a little bit bigger job each time. It, it was, it w- wasn't a move just to be moving. And uh, so, you know, with my wife, she's from the time we were married, she knew what she knew what she was getting into and, and she bought into it. There was, there was a time, um, you know, where she was on, she, she, every game she was on the sideline, she couldn't stand to sit in the bleachers because as you know, there's a lot of ignorance in the bleachers. And, and so she would be down on the sidelines. Uh, matter of fact, I've cussed her on the sidelines. Uh, she was, she had this, how about this story? 
Okay. We're playing at Stuttgart and our ball boy was our, was our ninth grade quarterback. I, I, I noticed something now and he's flashing a one or a two to her. She's taking pictures. We had the big lens and that was kind of her turned into a hobby for her. She'd share them with the kids and all that. But he was flashing a one or a two to her. And I'm like, what, what are y'all doing? And uh, turn come to find out, he was getting the play call. If it was a run, he was flashing a one to her. If it was a two, he, I mean, a pass, he was flashing a two. I lost it. I lost it. I mean, I went berserk on the sideline with my wife down there taking pictures. I got a ninth grade ball boy, and I'm thinking, here we are sitting there with Lone Oak sitting up in the press box looking at our daggum ninth grade ball boy signal my wife and they're getting a run or pass read and not even having to see anything. So uh, I lost it there. My my daughter, my oldest one, was uh, uh, she she ran water from the time she was in sixth grade until she graduated. And I honestly think I think she missed one practice. She had a kidney stone. And I think she missed one practice from sixth grade to senior. And when I say you know, my, my deal on that was, hey, we're going to treat the girls that help our program. We're going to treat them just like the guy. I mean, we're going to treat them as well as the guy. But you also got to be there every day. That includes the summer. That includes everything. So, um, you know, we had them. Uh, Haley was there all the time. It was tough when she graduated. Riley was always involved. She was uh, she was around leading the, the, you know, the students and all this. And Keely, if you know Keely, she's outgoing. Uh, she was the one with the painted overalls, the white, blue, you know, I mean, uh, just just all those things. They were just so active and so involved with it. The moving part, I'm not going to say was great at the time it was happening. Um, you know, when when we left Glen Rose and and took the job at Arkadelphia, I'll, I'll remember it till the day I die. We, Riley and Haley, Keely was a little bit young, but Riley and Haley, the two older ones, I turn around and we're looking at the town, Arkadelphia, we're looking at houses and stuff. And I turn around, they're holding hands in the backseat crying. You know, that was tough. But I think they'll tell you now they wouldn't have traded it for anything. You know, they, uh, they, people ask them all the time, well, where are you from? And they say, Arkansas. My dad was a coach, you know. So, you know, Haley claims Stuttgart. That's where she graduated from. The other two claim West Memphis. That's where they're from. So, you know, I, I think and I think it prepared them, you know, this I mean, maybe this is selfishly me looking at it the way I want to look at it, but I think it prepared them for life. I think it prepared them for, hey, you are the new girl going into school. You gotta go, you gotta go do your thing. And with that being said, you know, they're homecoming queens at their new schools, they're they're maids, you know, in, in homecoming, they're, you know, they're all these things. So I think it really generated in them the ability to go out and communicate with people and not be the new girl all the time. Does that make sense? And, uh, you know, that that can be hard, but it, I see so many young coaches now that, that and it's okay, but like their family's not willing to move. And I get that, you know, I'm not saying the way I did it is right. I'm just saying that can really limit you in, in what you can go and what you can do. If your family's not willing to pick up and move, not saying that's the wrong way to do it. Maybe that's the right way to do it. Maybe the way I did it was wrong family wise. I don't know. Um, but I can see that. Okay. You, you might not get that head coaching job 
in a town that's 30 minutes away from you. You might not. You might have to move to get that first head coaching job. And, you know, y'all been there. You 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 progress where you can, you know. So that's kind of uh, – but the family and, and, and going into the Hall of Fame with them, that is – uh, I think the big thing, and I think my wife will agree with this, and I think my daughters will agree with this. When I was at work, I was at work, and there were a lot of long hours, and there were a lot of, you know, obviously the weekends and 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 even in off-season. You know, it seems like the higher classification you get, the more hours you're putting in an off-season, you know? But because, you know, your kids aren't playing basketball, they're not all playing baseball, you, you still got them. And, but I really believe that what you have to do as a coach is when you're home, you're home. You know, I don't, I never, one, I, I, I didn't feel like I was effective as, as, as good at it, but like even Saturday morning, I might be up at seven o'clock and I might go up to the field house until we didn't do a whole lot of work on Saturday, but I might be up there from say seven in the morning until noon or, or whatever, you know, but when I left at noon, I wasn't watching Huddle at three o'clock in the afternoon. I, I was, I, I, I tried to be at home, if that makes sense. Um, now, when you're at work, you're 100% at work. Now, and I also, I never was a person. I was, I, I could, I can't stand this. I wasn't the type of coach to where, hey, all of our assistants are going to stay up here all night just so people see our vehicles up here. I, I never felt that way. I mean, let's do what we've got to get done. And now, on Sunday, if that takes us from one o'clock until 10 o'clock, then so be it. You know, if we get done at eight o'clock, well, we're not going to just sit around until 10 just because superintendent might drive or drive by and see our trucks up here. You know, when, when you're done, let's, let's leave. Uh, so I, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I know you really didn't ask it this way, but you asked me about my family. I, and that's, if I could give any advice to younger coaches, I think that's it. When, when you're home, you've got to be home. And I agree a thousand percent with, you know, everybody we've talked to about that situation. It's kind of about, I like that. And that's a great analogy and a great point. Well, Bill, you move on you go to another Hall of Fame coach. You move on, get closer to home, go to Greenwood uh, with a great staff. And you can talk about some of those staff members gone on, done some big things. But uh, I remember in, in a, you know, your time period, you were there a little bit longer, but I remember in 2000 watching that y'all state championship team play Hope, and you're part of that defense, and them taking the field a hundred miles an hour. How hard they played, and you know you could. And I really didn't know much about Greenwood. I was coaching El Dorado at the time, and and I'd ask my dad about Greenwood. Of course, I knew Coach Peacock, and and you worked for him. Uh, and kind of he started explaining. I was around Fort Smith where it was, and. Just you were part of that program that's become a machine now. Talk to us about your, your time at Greenwood. Yeah, boy, we had a great that we our staff at Greenwood. Uh, that was man, that was a fun staff. We we uh, under Coach Peacock again. I think Coach Peacock and Coach Vitale, uh, John Vitale. Every other coach we had on staff was under twenty eight years old or younger. OK, so you want to talk about not knowing what we didn't know. We we thought we were all future Nick Saban, man. We got it figured out. We're we're going to be coaching the University of Tennessee before long. You know, I mean, um, but just again, didn't know what we didn't know. And Coach Peacock was great with us. He he would get on to us when we needed it and 
he did that with me and Brad, Brad Balding. We were, we worked over on defense together and uh, I'm sure we made it pleasurable for a lot of officials to call our games on Friday nights. Um, you know, we, we had, we had fun. We had a great, you know, Chris Young was, was there. He, he had moved up to the high school. He started off, we had a lot of started off at junior high there, you know, but uh, Chris Young had moved up. Kenneth Chick uh, was, was part of that staff. Uh, Vitaly, Brian Little. Uh, we, Chris you know, Hill. we do what now? Chris Hill. Chris Hill. Well, Chris left right before I, I never worked with Chris. I okay, thought that I thought when Chris was here. leaving, I, I got there. Uh, but yeah, Chris Hill, and he was around. I know Chris real well. Uh, but well, we were we didn't know we were young. Jeff Weaver, uh, Jeff Weaver was on was on that stuff. I mean, we, 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 you really look at the group we had, and and you know, some of us have had some success when we when we've gone on from there. And I I, I give a lot of that credit back then to you know where we were at. I, you know, with Coach Peacock, it was you know how do you run a program and and that, you know, it was a bigger program. I mean, obviously I was coming from Barton where there were four coaches total, you know, going to Greenwood. So, you know, I pick up on running a much bigger program. And, and I mean, Greenwood, you, you want to talk, I mean, you said it, you know, it's, 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 it's a machine. I mean, uh, there's no question what they're doing. They're doing things the right way. They, I've always said it from the time we were there, they don't halfway do anything. Okay, everybody wants to know what the great success is at Greenwood and all that. And I mean, it's been several years, but I coach baseball there too. They don't halfway do anything, whether it's a, a football game, whether it's a band concert, whether it's a, you know, a, a get together on Thursday night before a football. There's nothing done halfway. They're they're going to do it to the best of their ability, or they're not going to do it. And and you see that with their athletics. It's the same thing. Let's don't, let's don't just field a team. If we're going to field a team, we're going to be good. And, and that carries over academics and everything. There, there's a lot of great things that they do. And, and, you know, that goes to leadership and the community, but we, we had a great time uh, there. I wouldn't trade those years for anything. Uh, of course, coach Peacock left and went to Rogers. I stayed, wife was pregnant, thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, probably stayed six months too long um, because when Coach Peacock left, had the opportunity. Uh, matter of fact, Senator Bozeman is the one that uh, took us around. He, Coach Peacock had me, Brian Little, and Brad uh, Bolding, and he took all of us up there after he took the job and uh, actually interviewed, you know, uh, all those things. And I ended up staying. I was the only one that stayed. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it didn't work out the way, the way it was supposed to, uh, you know, but so it's kind of hard to say, you know, it, the way God works is you might think at that time, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to work. But then you look back on it and you go, no, it was, that's, that's exactly what should have happened. So, you know, it worked out that way. We stuck around. Uh, I was there for about another six months and, uh, you know, coach Welch was hired, Harv Welch was hired. Uh, then after after that one season, uh, ended up getting offered the head coaching job at Glen Rose. You know, you left off that I did work for Kenneth Rippey too. That was my student teaching. And yeah, I, I was that was at Boonville, and he's I think he's in the Hall of Fame. And, yeah, he's uh, in the Hall. That worked from. I always joke, man. I always say I, I may not know anything, but if I was a dog, I'd have the paperwork. I'd have the pedigree. I'd have I'd have the the training, the background, because I, I literally had the opportunity to work for some true legends and. Uh, I'm appreciative of all of them. 
Well, they're all Hall of Famers. You go on to Glen Rose there, come in a program that's not been very good, go in and, and win a state championship. Talk to us about your time at Glen Rose. Glen Rose was awesome. As far as uh, uh, as far as the probably the most fun coaching I've ever had, you know, because you're actually coaching, man. You're, you know, you're at a smaller school and, and you know, uh, it's not as and, and you'll agree with this is the bigger the school you get, it's, it turns almost more into management than it is actual coaching on the head coaching part of it. Um, but at Glen Rose, I mean, we, we didn't, you know, it was Mark Keener was my D coordinator, had Brian Weatherford worked O-line, D-line, had Kenny Horn. Uh, when I first got there, he's at Bryant at the junior highs now. So, you know, what a, uh, we had a great staff there and the administration, I loved it there. Uh, my family loved it there. Uh, probably would have never left there, you know, but uh, and then the Arkadelphia deal come along, but we had hard nosed kids, kids that loved to play football. They had really struggled. They'd been four and 36 when we got there. Uh, the previous four years. And I, I, I took the job like in December and got a bunch of film uh, to watch and uh, watched it over Christmas break. And I started right after Christmas. And to be honest with you, I'm going, gosh, I wonder if I can get out of this deal because it, I mean, it was bad. It, it was, it, but you know, we, we, we had a good group that bought in and you know, it's while well, I'm on that subject, it's real hard for a group to buy in immediately. And y'all, Jeff, for sure, you'll understand this because I know you've been some different. It's real hard because that group of seniors for the last five years have been convinced that however Coach XYZ did it, that's 100% the right way to do it. And there's no debate on it. And that's the way it should be. So, you know, I always joke, uh, and and actually this got thrown back up in my face. Coach Dowks is the one, Lanny Dowks is the one that asked me about this when I actually interviewed at West Memphis. I always joke that if I ever took another job, I would walk in and go, hey, seniors, we love you. We're going to miss you. Y'all clear out your lockers and let's start working with the younger group because they it they can't buy in. They don't have enough time to buy into what you're doing. And, and you know, but the kids at Glen Rose, it took a couple of years. And, I mean, we had a good group coming. We had a good group of seventh graders, and that's what we won the state championship with. But – those kids were hard-nosed. I mean, those kids would get together on the weekend just to fight for fun. They'd fight each other just for fun. And, and you know, some of them, my man Casey up there around you guys, uh, you know, they, they, they were just, you know, that was the type, that was the prototypical type of kid. And so you could coach them, you could coach them hard. And then we started having some success. We beat Little Rock Christian. Uh, my first game at West Memphis, and it was literally Little Rock Christian's first football game ever. All right, we played them on a Friday night, and and we beat them. Uh, then we beat Boxite, which that was a huge deal, you know, because Boxite kind of bullied them around for a little while. And I literally think I could have run for mayor, governor, whatever, and I'd have gotten every vote in that community when we beat Boxite. Um, you know, but, again, we had some early success. So now, you know, don't say anything bad about our coaches because they're kind of – they're 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 doing things that nobody remember four and 36 and the only school they'd beaten for four years was Caddo Hills all right so in in week one we go to Little Rock beat Little Rock Christian week two we beat Boxite there's a lot of positives going so 
you know, that I think that's kind of what set the tone. And then again, we moved up, we moved up. We were, you know, we were with Nashville and Ashdown and, and that bunch. And we, we were, we were the smallest in a bigger group. You know, we all know how that typically turns out. And uh, then we got, you know, that's when the AAA, then they reshuffled. And so the first year we got beat, I guess year five there, we got beat by Harrisburg in the second round, which shouldn't have happened, but it did. They had a good football team. And then the next year we won it, you know. So uh, we beat Shiloh as bad as we could possibly beat them. We went for two in overtime and got it. So, uh, you know, that was, that was up, and Conaway. They were they were that staff and – and I joke, I joke with them. I, I joke with Conway all the time. I said, man, we, we laid it on you guys that night. What <laughs> happened is, is they scored in overtime and they kicked the extra point. Like, you know, you you should, uh, we score. And, uh, of course we try to get them to jump off sides. They're disciplined. They don't, move. I don't understand that. I don't know how they don't move an inch, you know, cause we're thinking, okay, we're going to line up and go for two ball games on the line. Surely they're going to jump. They didn't move an inch. I mean, an inch. So we had to call timeout. And uh, so we kids thought we were going to kick it. And I said, we're not going to kick it. We're just trying to figure out what play we're going to run. And uh, we run a little bootleg and uh, gave quarterback a run pass option. And he ended up throwing it to a receiver. And we, you know, he caught it. So I joked with Conaway. I said, man, we're hanging on you guys. We beat you by one. So uh, that was a, a big night, uh, obviously. And, and, Maybe a bigger night than that, as I think, was was maybe that year we 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 beat Malvern, you know, uh, and for Glen Rose that was the first time we'd played the year before, and they beat us I think twenty eight twenty one, and then the next year we beat them. So uh, that was a obviously a huge win uh, for the community, you know. You you share the same Walmart, and if you know it's kind of like little brother beat beat big brother. Well, then you win the state championship there, springboard over to, to Arkadelphia, which, you know, is right down the road. Uh, bigger school, another, another opportunity for you. You're there, what, three years or something like that and, and has some success. Then you springboard over. Now, last year we finished second, little known fact, to uh, Buck James Camden Fairview team. That was my last. Yeah, so Buck you, and then beat us week 10. conference with Buck. Do we all about that. I forgot all about that. Well, so you're there and you finished second. You that week ten was for the conference champion. Now they had a better team than we did. Oh. Uh, I mean, we if we could have beat them, we would have gotten a share of the conference championship. And and uh, uh, yeah, they they beat us. Uh, they beat us at Camden. But yeah, that was Buck Buck's teams. Buck Buck doesn't ever remind you of that either, does he? No, you know Buck doesn't do that. No, no, he Buck 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 doesn't. He matter of fact. If anything, Buck Talker, we, we our kids played pretty well that night. They were they were a better football team. But I mean, it's one of them. Your kids play. I mean, you just you just got beat, you know. Uh, so uh, it wasn't. I mean, if anything, that's what he says. He's like, man, you guys played your butt off it. I mean, you know, you know how that goes. So oh, oh, I understand. Well, then you springboard over to Stuttgart, and and this is where you know I remember working in the All Star game with you. Uh, yeah, we got. Uh, maybe I don't know if I shared that picture with Bray. Or... Oh, I've got it. No, it's, it's already saved. <laughs> we'll talk oh, yeah. about it here in a minute. Is uh, but you go to uh, go to Stuttgart, and I remember you going to Stuttgart, and it was kind of like this is this is my last stop. This is kind of the job I've I've always kind of wanted. I mean, you know, 
you really liked it there and went there, you know, had the great tradition. Of course, you know, Bobby was there, had great tradition, even in the, in the, before Bob. And I remember your mindset was going, which most people do when they take another job is, you know, this is my last job, blah, blah, blah. But I remember you going in there and it was like, I ain't moving anymore. This is it. And, and talk to you about you. And I know you love Stuttgart and, and, and won a state championship, uh, against Ozark, and i got to ask you a question about that game also. Uh, go ahead and talk to us about your time at Stuttgart. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Um, planned on retiring there, like you said. I, I had no intentions of leaving. Um, you know, from the, the – now, with that being said, Stuttgart's a hard place to coach. It's a very hard place to coach. People – it's scary how much people know football in Stuttgart. I mean, you know, every once in a while, yeah, everybody gets these yells from the crowd, you know, and, you know, you hear stuff in the bleachers every once in a while. And, you know, every once in a while at Stuttgart, it might make sense. You might, <laughs> you might go in at halftime and say, hey, somebody up in the third row yelled at us that we need to do this. That's not a bad idea. Maybe, you know, but I joke about that, but people knew football there. You know, the, the, mouth, the mouth lives in Stuttgart right now, and he knows all about it. Yeah, how about the mosquitoes down there? Are they wearing you out right now? Oh, they're about the size of my head. You know, it's the only place in America, I think, where they will wear you out at noon. In the middle of the day, you got to have sunscreen or a bug mosquito dope is what we always called it. You got to have it on there. And citronella candles at all at all times. They'll laugh. So you hadn't lived there long. They'll laugh at citronella candles. Oh, they, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, hey, they, that's just, hey, that's like crack to a mosquito in Stuttgart. But uh, no, we, we, we loved it there. I, I mean, if, if you're a guy that likes to hunt and fish, had great administration, great community support, man, that, that, that's a great job. Um, you know, you're always going to have good players. Uh, you're always, you know, you, like any other school that size, you're going to have some years that are better than others, but you're always going to have, you're always going to have some kids that can play. Um, you know, I thought, we were going to get an opportunity to try to end the real coach Williams career uh, one night. Cause we were, we had a buy in the first round and I think his last game was at Dardanelle. It was. Okay. I was there. I was there that night. We were scouting and uh, we were going to play the winner of that game. And a matter of fact, Josh Price was the head coach at Dardanelle. And um, you know, of course Dardanelle won, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh and, you know, I didn't know your dad real well, but I, I, I knew well enough to, you know, obviously he, he's a legend, you know, and and uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, Stuttgart was great. Uh, loved every – no intentions of ever leaving Stuttgart, ever. Uh, not until John Collins called me and, uh, you know, Coach Dowks was moving over into the AD role. And, you know, it kind of – kind of the rest is history. I mean, there, it, it, was, it was a decision – it's a decision that was tough to make because, again, everything that I'd said, I mean, I, I'd, I'd planned on being at Stuttgart right now uh, towards the end of it. So, uh, but it just, it worked out as a positive. Well, and I remember you going through that. And I mean, it was back and forth and, and John really had to convince you. I remember he, he'd been calling me. And Turned it down here twice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's not a will because, I just, I mean, I love where I was at, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, Collins, uh, 
And there were times I'm, I'm not going to sit here. We, you know, he, he was great to work for, uh, you know, he was, he was incredible to work for, it, you know, was, was every part of it the first couple of years, all just love and roses. No, I mean, there were some, you know, uh, there were some hard conversations that, that had, I just remember one night we're sitting, we're, we're playing Cabot and that was when we were, you know, we were up on the, it was all blended then, but we were in the seven a half of it. So uh, we we were playing Cabot, and we were in our second lightning delay, and Malham was still there, and they're they're running up and down the field. We weren't very good. My first year, two years here, we just we 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 didn't have, we just didn't have really good football teams, and uh, whether that was coaching, player, you know, it was a combination of a lot of things. We just weren't very good, and uh, so man, I'm sitting there, second lightning delay, and I, I'm just I'm pouring down rain. We hadn't got our rain gear in. I'm wet. I'm cold. I'm miserable watching dead gum kids from Cabot go up and down the field on us. And I'm 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 sitting there going, tell I'm talking to myself on the sideline. Y'all probably, you're an idiot. I'm sitting there saying, you're an idiot. What did you do? I mean, what you had it made. You won a state championship at Stuttgart a couple of years ago. You had it made. What why would you leave? You have got to be the stupidest coach on the planet, you know? And there again, about that time, Cabot scores another touchdown. And that, you know how it works on your psyche a little bit. And uh, But it got turned. Uh, it got, you know, uh, we, 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 you know, a lot of things happened and, and, and it got turned and it was successful. And obviously it ended up being a great move for us. We love West Memphis. Uh, my girls, my oldest two girls, my youngest two girls, you couldn't have dynamited them out of West Memphis High School. They loved it. Um, you know, again, it's 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 a great place. Uh, it's you know, it, I tell people there may be a lot of places in Eastern Arkansas you you just wouldn't want to be. You know, but West Memphis is is an exception. I mean, West Memphis is a great place to be, um, and 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 I, I I still believe that uh, it's it's home. You know, it's it's home now, and and uh, we just had a uh, had a great run here. Well, and, and your time at West Memphis, of course, you went to the semifinals numerous times, and, and you know, really, not that West Memphis was down, but they were kind of, they kind of sunk a little bit, and you got got them back up. And I'll, I'll say this: your last year was probably your best coaching job since I, I I've known you, you know, for ten, fifteen years. Your last year at West Memphis, I mean, you know. You started off slow and had to get it back. Ended up getting in the single wing and look up and boom, you're in the, you're in the semifinals against a, a very good Benton team and and that was one of the best coaching jobs that that year I, I've ever seen done. I can't argue with you on that, and it wasn't me. It was all the assistants. Well, I, here's how that shook out. We were two and four. We were two and four, and we were we were not very sound. We, I mean. Doing what we normally do, we we were just, you know, and and as luck would have it, we had Jonesboro coming up, you know, the next week. So uh, we're two and four. I go in on Sunday, and uh, you know, sit down with the coaches. I said, look, we we can continue doing what we've been doing, what we hadn't been able to do all year, and we'll be two and five uh, Friday night. I mean, no question. Randy Coleman, he he still gives me a hard time about this. So I said, or we can. I said. Let's throw everything. Let's throw the kitchen sink at them. I said, 
And if you know me, you know I'm a squeeze and spill, reading defense, cover two, cover four type guy. We're going to we're going to play. I said I looked at Butch Gray, who was our defensive coordinator. And I said, Butch, play no free, blitz the fire out of them, and see what happens. Send two or three people every snap. I mean, I said if we're going to die, let's get shot in the head. Let's don't bleed to death. You know, I said let's don't give up six yards of play, and. I went to the offensive coaches and I said, I forget, yeah, we're a big RPO. We're all this stuff. We're not very good at it. I mean, we can sit here and try to score three points. And, you know, I said, we're just not very good at it. So, yeah, we we started looking at some different things we could do. And the next thing you know, one of our coaches uh, had worked in the single wing somewhere where they had been. And, and I was like, hey, let's put it in. We put in the single wing. We're, hey, we're single winging. We're 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 lined up, man. No free blitzing, playing six yards off in the second. You know, I was like, play six yards off in the second. They can't tell if it's man or cover three. I said, let's just send the house. Next thing you know, we're in the semifinals. You know, so yeah, I, I think I think part of that was just you know, and our kids adapted to it. I mean, the kids, you know, you tell a kid that's been reading and squeezing and spilling his whole career, hey we're going to turn you loose and we're going to run 19,000 different blitzes. And if you go, if you're wrong, just go a thousand miles an hour and make something happen. I mean, they were fired up about it. Uh, we got running backs taking snaps from the court, from the center. And I mean, that was fun. I mean, it, we were actually up on uh, Benton, like it, it was either 21 to seven or like maybe even 28 to seven and the first, first half. And then they figured out we, you know, they figured it out. We we at that point we weren't stopping them, and then we had a, one of our best players got hurt. Uh, you know, so it was it come to an end that night. But that certainly wasn't the most talented or the best team that we had had. It was just, you know, we finished up the year in the semifinals, and and uh, I won't disagree with that. Was, uh, obviously a staff effort, but I won't disagree that that was one of the better jobs that we had done. Well, and that's part people don't understand. There's nothing to show for it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you didn't win a conference championship. It's not a trophy, but those are the things as coaches, you know, obviously, I mean, and I, you know, watch from afar and watch your games and, I mean, unbelievable job of getting that thing turned around and going into Jonesboro week, your biggest rival. Uh, just real quick, and then uh, Mouse going to talk to you a little bit about 6A East and the, he's seen the West Memphis Blue Devils. Bray's got a couple questions for you. Uh, you had to make a transition getting out of coaching and that that wasn't easy for you either no taking the role you know leaving coaching and going into uh, the athletic director's role and i remember and I, you know i was at the time was just left south side going to p ridge and driving up and down that road me and you having a lot of conversations talk to to us about you knew it was time or did you know it was time and how all that played out Man, it was it was COVID. I was my wife and I were actually in Gatlinburg, and uh, got the phone call that Coach Bray had retired. And uh, you know, would would I be interested, possibly in applying for that this job? And that was tough. I'm 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 not gonna lie. I tell you one thing. My daughter had graduated. My youngest daughter. I could not have done it if she were still in school, uh, because again, it it was what our family was, you know, we were, and, and even then my other daughters were coming back to games and stuff like that. Now, 
when Keeley, the youngest, had graduated, that kind of changed it a little bit, changed the dynamics. Um, but they were still really involved. And but while they were in school, it could have never happened. I mean, she she would have walked around lost probably. But I don't know. It was one of those things. Uh, to be honest with you, I felt like I was I, I would have coached another couple of years, uh, but I didn't see myself coaching another. I think the days of the 40 year coach are over. I think, I think they're very limited. I think you're going to see fewer and fewer people do like your dad did. I just like grafting more like guys like that. I, I think the fact that, you know, those guys used to go in and in the summer they would get a lawnmower and cut grass or, you know, guys would put roofs on houses and they, they would have another job, you know, now, and it's our fault, Jeff. It's our generation's fault. We have made it a complete year-round deal. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying the football is better because of it. But I'm not sure as a football society, if that makes sense, that we're that much better from it. You know, uh, I think kids need to be kids. I think as coaches, we worry too much about, man, X school XYZ is doing this. And if I don't go to this team camp, I'm going to, you know, and I think there's too much of that. And I think coaches need to be dads. I think they need to be husbands and, 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 and those type things. I think there's such a balance you have to have now that they didn't have back then. You know, I think, uh, again, it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just even from the time that I got in, which is 28 years ago, uh, you know, Coach McClellan as 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 the weights. I mean, we'd open the weight room from seven to eight thirty or something at night, and you might have five or six kids. You might have more. You know, now if you're not practicing three or four hours a day in the morning, uh, all throughout the summer, with the exception of dead weeks, you know, you, you got people going. Well, they're just not working very hard at it. You know, and I. I know everybody's that way. Uh, you're you're not outworking people now, and especially with because everybody's doing it. You know, uh, a 45 pound plate weighs the same in in West Memphis as it does Bentonville. You know, it just does. Uh, so, you know, I, that that was the biggest thing. I just didn't see me doing it forever. You know, I almost felt like, and, and I haven't missed that. I've had some in laws that's gotten sick and passed since then and I've spent a lot more time at home I've 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 actually been you know I've, I've got three grandkids now within the last year and that's that without question is the best job I've ever had ever I mean you, you know uh grandpa is the best job that there is out there I don't care what anybody says I told my daughter the other day I said if I could figure out how to be a grandpa without being a dad I would have skipped y'all and just gone straight into the grandpa part but uh, you know, like it, 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 that's, that's a part of it. I, I've kind of just adjusted, if that makes sense. Uh, there's, there's parts of me that, you know, we're walking down the sidewalk by the locker room at Marion and, and it's pregame and it's a big night and pack stadium and live bands and stuff playing. And, uh, yeah, your old nostrils kind of snarl up a little bit every once in a while. You get that, you know, you get that blood pumping a little bit, but, you know, uh, do I miss it? There's parts of it I miss. There's parts of it I don't miss at all. I'll be honest with you. I don't miss it all. Worried about whether the quarterback and his girlfriend broke up on Friday morning. I don't <laughs> worry about it. Hey, Robert, hey, Coach Hooks, who does a great job for us. Robert, 
I hope that doesn't happen to you, my man, but you know what? Let me know if it does and I'll, there's nothing I can do to help you. So there's parts of it I miss and then there's parts of it I just don't miss at all. Well, that makes perfect sense and I'm in your shoes and I understand exactly. Bray, Bray go ahead. Bray's got some questions for you and, and, uh, and then Brent's going to, you know, obviously we're going to have you on quite a bit and you're going to kind of be our 6A East rep for during the year and, and, and Brent's going to hit that about 6A East, but go ahead, Bray. Coach, one of the coolest things uh, for me with, with this podcast that we've started is is being to sit down with, um, you know, people like yourself. You know, you said you didn't feel like you deserve it, but obviously, um, you know, we I know who you are, and I've been, you know, you know, watching you, and I talk to Jeff about you all the time, and it's cool to be able to sit here and have an audience um, with you to ask you questions. Um, and, and one of them you mentioned earlier, um, as a young coach, you said line the fields. What is that? What exactly is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I didn't want to say any names. But I was thinking. I bet Bray has never lined a field. I'm, he is not. He is uh, he's I never. He's never had to tell him. Hey, I promise you, this is Roundup. It's not diesel, and the whole field just smells like a giant truck stop. And you don't know where the diesel smell come from. I guarantee you, Bray's never had to do that. Well, uh, I miss that experience. Uh, but, but, you know, the reality of that is, you know, I did miss that experience and, and the kids that, you know, I coach um, have no idea what that even means uh, or um, a lot of those things that come with the discipline of, you know, four-hour practices that you mentioned, uh, you know, that, that probably wouldn't fly at a lot of places um, now. So how do you translate that discipline to the, this new generation of athletes? Do you have any advice or, or thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I just think it's different. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here. Trust me, I'm not the kids these days type guy. I'm not, I'm not buying into all that. Kids do what's demanded of them. Uh, and with that being said, the parents have to let you demand that of them. I, I understand that part of it too. And again, some of that depends on where you're at. You know, the the, the differences in the way you handle kids is school dependent in a lot of ways. Uh, myself, I know my lane. I know I probably couldn't coach everywhere. You know, I know uh, I'm hard on kids. I know, but, you know, the old saying is, they, you know, the, the, the old saying of uh, they really don't care what you know until they know that you care. There is a ton of truth to that. You know, you, you get kids bought in and believing that you believe in them. And I'm not talking about as a player, right? I think, I think the biggest thing is, is you have to, you have to convince them and because you can't fake kids out. You have to genuinely believe they have to genuinely believe that, that you do care about them. Do you ask them about stuff that has nothing to do with football? Hey, I know you're, you're how's your mom doing, you know, or, or, uh, Hey, I saw your uncle. I saw something on Facebook. I saw your uncle was sick. Is he, is he okay? It, little things like that. And, and as coaches, sometimes, you know, we don't we don't think too much about that, but that's huge to a kid. I mean, my head football coach asked me about my uncle. You know, there, there's nobody else in the school doing that. You know, Peacock, one of the things, one of his big rules with, with us as assistants, you can be as hard on a kid as you want to be in practice. You can chew them out up and down for two hours straight. Go hang out with them in a the locker room after practice. Go sit down with them. You know, one thing I've stolen from a from a Bobby Bowling is, you know, every once in a while your quarterback makes a 
take your shoe off and throw it at him. You know, just joking around, kind of like, hey, it's not the end of the world. You made a bad throw in practice. You know, I mean, when I say throw it at him, I'm not trying to knock it, you know, just kind of as a joke. But, you know, you go up to a kid every once in a while, you chew them out, and you good cop, bad cop them, but you chew them out. And I've walked up to them, four stood beside them to get like uncomfortably close to them. You know, they're not going to say, hey, man, we still broke up or we we seeing other people. What are we doing here? You know, just you got to have a personality with them. And I've never been like a real big, I mean, I'm not your X's and O expert. I'm not, I'm not going to dazzle you. I feel like I know a little bit about defense, but I'm definitely not going to dazzle you on offense and stuff. But I've always felt like I've had the ability to have kids play hard for me. And, and I think, I just think it's, I think they got to see you as a human being, first of all, not as the ivory tower, the guy in the head coach's office. And, I think you just got to build genuine relationships. You know, I talk about, you know, I was talking earlier about the seniors and how it's hard for them to, to, to buy in. That's because you don't really have enough time to build a quality relationship individually with them. You know, uh, they're, they're gone in a year. They're gone in six months from the time you get there. The younger kids, they, they have enough time to see, yeah, he really does care. And, and, and I think that, I think that matters now. Do I think you could go in and Frank McClellan told me this too. If you go in instantly and the first day on the job, you try to run, let's say I took another job and I tried to go in and run school X, Y, or Z. Day one, the way they, the last day that I ran at West Memphis was, everybody quit. You wouldn't have a team, you know? I mean, uh, so I think that's something that you have to build. And I think that goes back to relationships. We, you know, at West Memphis, we coach kids hard, hard. I mean, Jeff's probably heard some of the things. I, I've said some things to some kids that I probably shouldn't be saying to kids, okay? But we never hear a word. I mean, the mama's understood. I think the last three years we'd put 18 kids, help 18 kids get part of their college paid for or all their college paid. You know, uh, it, it, was a, it was a partnership and they understood we really do care about them. Now we're, we're going to smoke their tail at halftime. We're going to really, I mean, practice, they do something wrong, but after practice is over, they might be breaking a chair in an office because they're playing grab button in the coach's office, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a trade off there. Sure. And, and then part of that, um, you know, culture obviously comes from, and you mentioned it earlier as well is uh, your, your assistants and then the coaching staff that you work with and that you spend so much time with. Um, you know, we've, we've currently, we've got, we just hired several coaches up at Pea Ridge and we've got one more uh, job open. Uh, what's something that is a, a must have for a coach um, that you're going to hire? I think I got to be able to stand being in the coach's office with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, because you're going to spend so much time together. Now I would, I would go through every new hire and I would tell them if you're if you're a guy that's counting days, contract days, if you're a guy that's counting hours, then let's just shake hands and and you go do your thing and we'll go do ours and and no hard feelings. Uh, now if you come here, I'm never going to hear that. You know, I'm I'm never going to hear from you. Well, I'm not under contract or I'm not. You know. So with that all that being said, um, you know, I just think I just think you got to stand being around each other because you. You know, you're you're going to get a cross section of everything in a coaching staff. You're you're going to get you're going to get some guys that you really want to hang out with on a on a Saturday afternoon, and then there's going to be some that you 
you just want to work with professionally. And I think, but I think you all have to be able to get along. They all have to be willing to work. Uh, the work part of it now at this point is kind of, you know, uh, that's kind of an understood probably, you know, with that being said, I've worked 28 years. I've had one coach, one coach in 28 years tell me he wasn't under contract. I literally started laughing. But I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're fixing to tell me you're not under contract. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, man, I've heard of this happening. I've just never personally had it happen to me uh-huh. anyway. But I, I think you just got to be able to get along. I mean, I'm not looking, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not looking for a guy when I'm interviewing him. I'm not looking for a guy to dazzle me on a marker board. We're not, I'm hard headed. We're, we're not changing the way we play defense. We're really not changing the what we do on offense. I mean, I'm going to tell you what you're going to teach every day. Can I stand talking to you? I think that's the biggest thing that, that to me, uh, that I kind of got into. Okay. Um, and the last question for you, I'm, I mean, I've been a head coach for three years, seen some absolutely insane things and I'm sure you have as well. What's the, uh, what's the funniest thing you've seen on a Friday night or, or give us a coaching story that, uh, that between you and Jeff, maybe, uh, well, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, do you have that picture loaded? Can you, uh, can you? Oh, it's oh, it's absolutely. It's right now on this podcast. It is taking up the entire screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're coaching in the All Star game. Jeff, was that when was that? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So we're coaching in the All Star game, and Jeff's up there. Bobby Bolding. We we've had a big week. We've had fun. We've 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 hung out together and done all this stuff. So we're out. This is when they played it in Fayetteville. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Here we are, baby. We're we're rocking and rolling. We're we're out of pregame and and uh, I don't know, Jeff. You were coaching the O line. I was coaching yeah. D line. Yeah. I don't even remember what I was coaching. You were coaching D line. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a year too. The middle of the field was wide open. I don't know as a defensive well, line. The field is wide open. <laughs> but anyway, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> And we're walking off, you know, we're, we're, we're out there bouncing around Razorback stadium, stuff like that. And Jeff looks down and uh, figures out, he's like, he comes up to me and Bobby goes, man, I'm out here. I'm big time. First, I wasn't that your first all-star. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like my first all-star game. He said, I'm out here bouncing around. Hey, you got some energy or whatever. He said, I look down at the end of pregame and my flies unzipped. <laughs> It just so happens if Bray's got the picture up, my wife, remember I told you she took pictures. She snapped this picture of of us walking. Nobody knew what was going on, but I mean, I'm literally falling out laughing. Uh, just. Yeah, I go, I, mean, I go through the whole thing, you know, uh-huh. and, and, you know, getting them fired up, more fired up, ready to go. And then, you know, you kind of look sure. down and just. Kills the whole moment, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's probably it's probably your fault we lost. Just to be well, I, that was the same year that snakes in the house. Snakes, <laughs> that is not cool. Snakes <laughs> in the house. If you got snakes in your house, that's a problem. We can't have that. <laughs> that's a big problem. We had a great time. That was, a great, you know, and people talk about that. Now I'm gonna get Brand on. I also, I also rode the. I also, Bray, one year I also. Uh, road, uh, well, Jeff's eating pregame meals our teams before, uh, <laughs> you know, but also one year I meet Southside at Southside, you know, they were doing their walkthrough and my wife dropped me off. And I said, I don't worry about it. Go on. It was a Northside Southside game. They were, we played on Thursday and we had like a bye the next week. So I'm, 
I said, I'm going to go watch the Northside Southside game. Watch my buddy Jeff. So they were playing at Northside, but uh, my wife drops me off. I said, don't worry about it. I'll find a ride over to Northside or whatever. I did. I was on the lead bus in the first seat. <laughs> I said, I, I'm riding the south. I don't know if anybody at Fort Smith Schools needs to hear that, but I just jumped on their team bus and just rode on over to Northside, got the police escort and everything. Yes. So. Well, we've done a lot to all right, let's get down to business here because you're going to be on here quite a bit this year, and Mouth's going to talk to Ashton. He's actually watched your Blue Devils play. Go ahead, Mouth. Well, Coach, congratulations, congratulations to you, Coach Elmore, for being elected to the uh, Arkansas Coaches Hall of Fame. What a, what an honor and what an illustrious career you've had. Thank that's, you, sir. That's just fabulous. Um, and, by the way, my dad – I watched growing up my dad mark his own fields okay, at El Dorado. Oh, yeah. the pra- practice, fi- practice field, tried to mow that terrible practice field. Oh, you know that field, oh, right? Oh. And and lying in the game fields on Friday. But uh, I was over at Northside High School a week ago Wednesday for their team camp. They had Russellville, South uh Fort Smith Southside, Northside, Greenwood, West Memphis, and I hope I'm not. Li- I hope I'm not. Li- oh, uh, Springdale Harbor. I was impressed with your West Memphis, te- with your West Memphis team. Coach Hooks has done a w- great job there. You've got, you have got some outstanding athletes. I mean, your cup runneth over with athletes. At West Memphis this year, I'm just going to tell you. Well, I, I think I, I think our expectations, I think the coaches' expectations are to be much improved. You know, now where that leads you is, as we all know, to win the whole thing, you got to be good and you got to be lucky. I mean, there's got to be a lot of things break your way, but uh, you know, I we certainly don't ever predict that. I, I predict a, a a better season than what we've been having and. We do have some good kids. Uh, we have some some really some really good players. I think the coaching staff's done a good job with them. And yeah, I agree. Roberts Roberts done an outstanding job. Uh, you know, he come in. It was tough, man. He come in, and and the COVID deal was right then. And uh, you know, he had. And again, you know, these kids have been convinced. I've tried to brainwash them for the last six years that everything that I was telling them to do was the right way. And you know, a new guy comes in and, uh, you know, it, it takes a little time, but, uh, you know, it's his team. I tried to stay out of his way, uh, all the way through and, but it's truly his team now. Um, you know, so, uh, we, we expect success, you know, there's a, there's a level of success that's expected at West Memphis and we really don't run and hide from that. You know, we, we, we know there's going to be years from time to time. You're not that successful, but, on average, we, we, we expect to be able to put a knot on your head every once in a while. You all have done it quite a few times to a bunch of good football teams. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's been, you know, coach Moore and coach, coach Dowks and, uh, uh, you know, coach hooks. It's we've, we've hopefully, you know, hopefully I held up that standard It's a funny story. I, you know, uh, I was, I was a little bit different than, than, than Lanny and Grafton and how they did things and, and, uh, you know, as far as the – I was kind of the black hat wearing guy of the whole group. But anyway, Coach Hooks, yeah, he's a great guy, does a, does an outstanding job. 
think our team is is set to do well in the 6A East. And then, you know, typically uh, last year was kind of a, you know, we, we, we've always felt like if you can come out of the 6A East, you, you've got as good a shot as anybody. Um, you know, last year was kind of, we can, our conference kind of took it on the chin a little bit. And uh, it's not necessarily typical, uh, but hopefully we get get things back the way where they should be. Jeff, over here in God's country, we like to play, like play pretty good football. They do over in God's country. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to tell you, because my dad stepped away from coaching and became athletic directors at, at Forest City, hired Scott Reed at Forest City, and then they went to El Dorado together. And I asked him, I said, when did you know it was time to step away from college coaching or co coaching all together? And he said, the time I knew it was time to step away was when I did not enjoy going and watching film on Sunday afternoons in the spring. Right. He said. You said in the spring. In the spring, <laughs> yeah. He said, after spring training and everything, when I did not, when I did not enjoy that, I thought I've had a good run. It's time. It's time to try something else. Right. You know, I I was kind. Of I, I always told people, I said, I think I would enjoy coaching football from 11 o'clock on Friday night until about 6 o'clock on Friday afternoon, and then somebody else, y'all can go coach them during the game. <laughs> I, think I, I think I would like the other part, you know, probably as much as anything. But Well, Bill, let's just do this real quick. We'll get you off here. We've, we've had a great visit. Break down the 6A East, what you're seeing coming out this year i've talked to a couple of coaches over there they feel like you know last year everybody was younger they're more veteran football team and feel like that conference is going to be pretty strong talk to us just briefly and we'll get you off here well i you know i'm going to talk about our bunch first as far as where people are going to finish up i i don't i don't know i i'd hate to predict anything but obviously uh you know i'll talk about us first we feel like we've got uh, we feel like we're back pretty close to where we want to be, uh, you know. And now, again, all this with a grain of salt, you can – there's a lot of good football teams, and you can win one, you can lose one that, you know, determines where you finish in your, your seating and your playoffs and stuff like that. But, you know, I, we can start talking about Catholic right off the bat. You know, I think they graduated quite a few kids, but, uh, you know, they do such a good job up there and, uh, you know, Fogelman and, and his bunch, they, they, uh, they, they really coach their kids up well. It, you know, they weren't just overwhelmingly, you know, you, you watched them last year. They just did stuff right. You know, they just, everything they did was right. They, they weren't going to dazzle you with just overall talent. They were just, they'd play well, you know, they wouldn't make mistakes. I mean, you look at uh, El Dorado, you know, and the transition they're going through. I mean, Chris Hill at El Dorado, Gosh, that's scary. You know, I, I, I've said for years, Chris Hill's a great football coach. Uh, you know, he's I've, I've, I've coached against Chris. I've known Chris for years. Uh, his teams always play hard, uh, always ultra disciplined. You know, sometimes it can take Chris a little bit to get it going because he's going to be so disciplined and so precisely disciplined with everything he does. He, You know, uh, I just don't know how kids initially, again, his curve to get kids to buy into what he's trying to do could be a little bit bigger than, uh, 
somebody else. But I, I assure you, he's one of the best football coaches I've ever been around. Uh, Benton, Benton's always going to have good players. You know they're going to be in the mix somewhere. Uh, they, you know, they 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 do things the right way. Cersei, you know, the new line offense. Uh, we'll we'll see. You know, who knows where they're going to be? They they always seem to be in the mix somewhere. And then Sylvan Hills. Uh, you know that they they've had some transition, obviously, with Chris leaving there. Marion's always a talented team, so uh, you know I think there's just a lot of different things that could happen. I think as we we get through some of it, uh, we'll see. As far as picking what teams are going to be the top, I'm not going to do that now. I'm not going I'm not going to put the monkey on anybody's back and say you know you guys should be should be the best. I think that's I think it's premature to do that in June. Uh, you know, I do feel like the West Memphis Blue Devils will be in the mix somewhere as far as where. I just don't know. Uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of football to be played between now and December. Well, the, the, you're exactly right, and, and we'll have you on during the year and see how it plays out, and that's that's a, a, a great way to put it. I mean, we're sitting in June, you got injuries and all that works out. So closer it gets, we'll talk a little bit more. One, one thing about our, you know, with, with 10 teams in our conference, I mean, you, there's not a lot of room for error. I no, mean, no, we, we open up with Jonesboro and uh, then we get rolling, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, of course, their transition and the crazy things that have gone on there. So, you know, they were at our, we had a little team camp out here, but I don't, I think their guys were going to the shootout of the South, like their skill players. So I think they were bringing some of their twos and stuff like that yesterday, which, I think it's kind of hard to judge off of a team camp. Who's in ACT prep? Who's in summer school? Who's heck? Who's on vacation? You know, I mean, uh, you know, we've 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 gone to some team camps before where we were loaded for bear and looked like crap, and then we've gone to some team camps before and didn't have some of our guys, and you end up dominating the team camp. You know, so I mean, uh, I think kids realize that. I think, Sometimes I think kids give team camps their just due, if that makes sense. <laughs> they are what they are. It's all about practice. Well, Bill, appreciate you coming on. Uh, congratulations going in the Hall of Fame. I'll be there looking forward to it. And, and what a great honor and what a great career you've had. And look forward to having you on here quite a bit during the season. Uh, for Jeff Williams, Coach Bray Cook, The Mouth, we're signing off for Coaches in the Mouth. See you soon. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll be back soon. Take care.